Melody Thuston, and you are tuned in to A Word from the Tabernacle. This past Sunday was Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, and my, what a time we had together virtually via Facebook Live celebrating the risen Savior. This past Sunday, Bishop Thuston brought a word entitled, He Minted When He Said It, It Can Only Get Better. What great news for us to be reminded of during these perilous times. His text really unpacked the complex character of Mary Magdalene. She had so many problems in her life, yet in spite of all of her problems, Jesus knew her name. And after she came to Jesus and became a follower of his, her problems begin to change. Can you not mirror that in our own lives? Whatever problems we have, relationship, health, financial, faith, we should keep following Jesus and all of our problems and our lives can be changed. I pray this word inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective in God's moving in your life. Thank you for joining us. Let's go in and listen to the word. continuously through this marriage. Let me just pause and say, uh, my wife is recuperating so well. She's had a terrible flu, and um, she is recovering and recovered and doing well. And I just got to say this. Today is our wedding anniversary. And I want to thank the Lord on Easter Sunday that she's put up with me for 34 30, a bunch of 30 plus years. And uh, I like her as much today as I ever did, even more so. She's a part of this ministry. She's a part of my life. I'm just glad I got a good marriage and a good wife. And I thank God for you celebrating that with Lady Mary and I today. Verse 40. Luke, or rather Mark 15. You're going to see a name that continues to emerge. There were also women looking on afar off. Among them was Mary Magdalene. Who? Mary Magdalene. Also Mary, the mother of James, the less, and of Joseph and Salome. If you go on down to verse 47, this is right at the crucifixion. They were there. Verse 47 of the said chapter. Mary Magdalene. And Mary, the mother of Joseph, beheld where he was laid. She was there while he was on the cross. She even observed them lay him in the tomb. 16th chapter and the first verse. Sabbath was passed. Mary, Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome, brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. She's the first one at the grave. Chapter 16 and verse 9. And when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared, what? First. 
to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She had the record for having devil in it. It's not so harmful to have the devil in you as long as you let Jesus cast it out of you. If you follow me over to St. John chapter 19, and the saga continues. St. John chapter 19 and verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. Next chapter, John chapter 20 and verse 11. Mary stood outside of the grave weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. Verse 13, and the angel said unto her, why are you weeping? She said unto them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said unto her, John chapter 20, verse 15, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking for? She thought it was the gardener. And she said, Wherever you have taken him, tell me where he is laid. 16. She said, Jesus said unto her, Mary. First he said, woman. She didn't recognize him. But when he called her name, Mary, she turned around and said unto him, Rabboni, which is interpreted as master. And Jesus said unto her, I got to go. Verse 18. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and what he had spoken unto her. Well, I guess you see who the mystery character is for the next few minutes. Mary. You notice there are many that have that name. It was a very common name in those days, as it is now. Probably each one of you knows somebody or persons named Mary. But this is Mary of Magdala. She came from a part of the world that had a less than flattering reputation. So she is distinguished as Mary Magdalene, one of the most overlooked and frequently forgotten persons in the account of the resurrection. Usually we think of so many other people, but do you know there is not one name or one person that Jesus ever forgets. And may I just give you a friendly reminder, he knows your name. He knows your address. He knows your birth. He knows your personality. Talk to him. He knows your family. He knows your successes. He knows your mistakes. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your strength. He knows your dreams. He knows your nightmares. He knows your past. 
He knows your present and he also knows everything about your future. I said he knows your future. That's what no one else knows. He knows you from inside out. And when you don't call his name, he always remembers your name, Mary Magdalene. Now, a couple things about Mary, and it might um, relate to you. Mary Magdalene had problems. Everybody say problems. You think Jesus only dealt with people that were flawless? And only people that were sanitized? Only the goody goodies. Well, there are not many of them now, and there were not many then. Mary Magdalene had problems in her life. Everybody say problems. She had moral problems. She had romance problems. She had men problems. Talk to me, somebody. She had emotional problems. She had personality problems, relationship problems. She had fundamentally spiritual problems. For she had seven demons that were resident within her. And can I just tell you that whenever you got problems with the devil, you got a problem. She not only had one demon, but seven. But in spite of her many problems, Jesus knew her name. You know, you're talking about Mary Magdalene, who's been denounced as the woman of the evening, the uh, erratic, impulsive, unpredictable, um, the, the most uh, despicable of all of those in the New Testament. But guess what? Every one of us has problems. Mary Magdalene is so much like this that some people call her the 13th disciple. Because with all of her problems, wherever Jesus was, she showed up. Some of the more exotic scholars have said she might have even been an apostle. But we don't see any evidence of that in the New Testament. But what we do know is after she came to Jesus, after she became his disciple. After she became a follower of the Son of God, her problems began to be solved. Won't he do that for you? I mean, look at all the places she keeps showing up. And she's the only one that is in every group. Um, Luke chapter 8 and verse 2 says she supported him. She followed him. She invested in his ministry. And then you just read, she was with him. We believe in that room when the alabaster box was broken. And his feet were anointed with her tears. And dried with her hair. They talked about her like she was a dog. But Jesus said, let her alone. We don't know for sure that was Mary Magdalene, but all indicators indicate she was that Mary. We do know she was at the cross. When all others had left him hanging in his final hours, when he breathed his last, Mary Magdalene 
was dead. When they took him down, she was dead. When they took the nails out of his hand, thank you, Holy Ghost. She was dead. When they took the spike out of his feet, when they laid him in the grave, she followed them from Calvary on a hill to his grave in a garden. And early Sunday morning before the sun had risen, she was the first to arrive at the grave. One thing about it, whatever problems you have, can I give you a word of encouragement? Keep on following Jesus. I don't know if anybody's in the room you're in right now, but just wave and tell them, keep on following Jesus. Whatever's wrong in your body, keep following him. Whatever kind of curiosity drive you have, keep following him. No matter what your reputation is and what people say about you, keep following him. No matter, no, matter, no matter how sick you may be, keep following him. No matter what questions you have, what struggles you have, what complications you have, what mistakes you made, the uniqueness of your identity, Jesus knows your name. And he doesn't mix you up with any other Tom, Dick, Harry, or Larry. He knows where you're from. And he knows where you are going. Keep on following him until you follow him to the resurrection. Say yes. Now we come to the conclusion. Jesus meant so much to Mary. And she followed him so closely. She felt comforted around Jesus. Don't you love being around Jesus? There's some people you probably don't enjoy being around as much. Um, they say that even in this time, you've got to be careful who's in the house with you. Because it's bad to be quarantined with somebody that you can't stand. And somebody who can't stand you, including your dog. So I hope that you can make friends with whomever you've got to spend a lot of face time with. And I just encourage you, try to get along with whoever you're hanging around. Try to get along with them. If you've got children, be patient. They're just kids being kids. If you have parents, be patient. Uh, they try to learn how to handle an unusual time. You've got a lot of pressure on them. If you're working with people that work overtime, they're going to be exhausted and their nerves may be on end. We're living at a time where there may be people that you can't get away from and you can actually love them, but get worn out because, uh, how does the saying go? Uh, familiarity breeds contempt. Uh, I'm glad my wife has always had some time when I wasn't around. She needed a break. She needs some ventilation. She needs some fresh air. We're the best of friends, but everybody needs some space sometimes. But Jesus is the kind of friend that you never want to say goodbye to. I want to witness in here. I said, you never get frustrated being around Jesus. You never wonder, can you have some distance? You know why? Because he's the best friend you could ever have. You may not be the best, but he is. This is a woman who had been traumatized. When it says she's had seven demons, 
That's the result of a traumatized young life. This is a young woman. She's not even 27 years old, and her life has not been easy. She's finally found someone pure. She's finally met somebody untainted, no hidden agenda. She finally found a rock-solid supernatural love. Say yes. She never met anybody like this who she could actually throw her whole soul into his divine care. He had no tricks up his sleeve. He wasn't trying to manipulate her. He had no self-interest. He only came to seek and save that which was lost. Now, he's gone. He's dead. No question. He's not faking. He's dead. He's not in a coma. It's not morphine. It's not sleeping pills. It's not shock. He is dead. She watched him die. She watched them take him off the cross. I don't know if y'all hear me. If you hear me, say, I hear you. I hear you. No, no, this is not just a myth. She didn't get this second hand through the obituary column. This was not a news flash. She saw this man lifeless and in the grave. And now she's been reduced to a hubble of tears and streaks of distress, helplessness, the deepest sadness. Have you ever lost anybody in your life? Have you had anybody taken away that you really love? I know I'm preaching. Yes. Have you ever had to come to the reality of the finality of someone that was tethered to your heart? Yes. She's watching that person to the 10 power. And she's never had this sadness. She doesn't know what she's going to do, who she's going to trust. Where will she find such pure love and how she's going to live? And can I tell you, death can be that devastating to a human soul. You can lose somebody in your life and you actually are immobilized and you wish you could die for the moment yourself. Say yes. That was the case of Mary Magdalene. She couldn't imagine anything any worse. It's somewhat of a digression, but have you heard of Shaq O'Neal? Looked like he had the number one status as a professional basketball player. But Shaq, with his attack, could not make free throws. He won the most dominant forces in the NBA history, rebounds and Tipping field goals. This defensive monster, seven foot tall, a basketball giant and philanthropist, but guess what? He has one of the worst free throw records of his era. And so there's all kind of speculation about why his athleticism is so good and his free throw shooting is so bad. Give me five more minutes, man. And so there are the theories mount up. They say he's double jointed at the wrist. Mm -hmm. That's why he misses. 
Another theory is his hands are too big. That's why he misses. Another theory is he broke his wrist as a child, which he did, and it never healed properly. And that's why he misses. And then the cold-hearted ones say he just doesn't practice enough. That's why he misses. But another, a day or so ago, Shaq said, I want to tell you why I am so unsuccessful in free throws. Mm -hmm. He said, the man upstairs, and I quote, the man upstairs has a way of keeping me on. Mm -hmm. He said, the way that these plays are made on the court, when I can't make a free throw, that makes everybody else play better. Imagine if I was doing all that I do and still shot 90% from the free throw line, I would become arrogant. So this is God's way of saying, hey buddy, you're just like everybody else. You know what? Shaq might be kin to Mary Magdalene. God has a way of humbling her. God had a way of touching the soft spot. Preach, Houston. He knew us so well. He knew what made her tick. And he knew that Mary needed to find out the difference between him. It's cruel to love somebody if you plan to leave him. I said it's cruel to love someone when you intend to leave them. It is obscene to play with somebody's mind and emotions. I'm talking to somebody. Yes, Either somebody's trying to play with your feelings or you might have been the, vi the, the villain. Don't, don't, don't ever get into a relationship if you plan to chop somebody off. Uh, marriage is a little different than just living together because when you're just shacking, well, the rules can change any moment. You fall in love, you fall out of love, you fall in stay, you fall out of stay. But in marriage, which is not for everybody, it's a little different because it's for better. Yes, sir. Y'all don't hear me. Or for worse, for richer, or for poor. In sickness, I better get out of here. And in health, to love and to cherish till death. Yeah. You don't just say, okay, things didn't work out. I don't like you anymore. I'm bored. We've grown apart. But if the marriage works the way it should, you have a lifelong relationship. Mary wasn't looking for a husband, but she was shocked to find out that her Savior was dead until that Sunday morning. Yes, yes. And on that Sunday morning, when she came to the garden looking for a dead body, yes. she found out what he said he really meant. Yes. He said he was coming back. Yes. He said he was going to arrive. Yes. Do y'all hear me? Yes. He told all of his disciples they will kill me, yes. but they cannot stop me. He said the grave will not hold me down. He even gave them the number three days. 
going to rise again. And when he called up by a name in that flowery cemetery, she grabbed him yes. until he said, I got to go to the ascension. Yes. Say yes. yes. Well, he meant what he said. He said, I'm your healer. Yes, you better believe him. He said, I'm your doctor. Believe that. He said, I'm your friend. I'm your defender. I'm your joy. He said, I'm your peace. He said, I'm your redeemer. I'm your liberator. He already said, I am your way. The truth. The life. He already said, I'm the fulfillment of the promise of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He already said, I am the supplier of your need. I'm your savior and the savior of the world. And I have loved you with an everlasting love. He meant what he said and it can only get better. If you've already been through death, it gets better. If you've been through brokenness, it gets better. If you've been through sad news and hard trials, it gets better. Yeah, Brother Phil, it gets better. If you've been through suffering and stress and poverty and pain, the good news is he meant what he said. And following him, thank you, it only gets better. Let me just close with Interesting um, relative of Mary Magdalene. Yes. You've heard of Kirk Douglas, yes, the great actor uh, whose career transcended decades. Yes. Kirk, Doug Kirk Douglas, a tremendous actor and yes. movie personality. Yes, sir. About 15 years ago, he suffered a stroke on his way out to play golf. And the, go and the stroke left him with a um, conspicuous limp mm -hmm. and the inability to speak clearly. Yes. Speech was slurred like mine gets sometimes. Tongue would not cooperate. And after going through rehab, he went into a deep depression. And in that deep depression, he felt like his life was empty and void and meaningless because his whole life was given to acting and walking and doing stunts and using his voice. And now, what he had lived for is taken away. Mm -hmm. He got so depressed one day, he told his wife, go shopping. Told the housekeeper to take the day off and he went into his bedroom and he pulled out a, um, 38 caliber pistol and decided to end his life. He said, I can't do anything anymore. I'm helpless. I'm useless. My life is over. And he picked up the pistol and he put it in his mouth to blow his brains out. And in doing that, um, well, the barrel of the pistol hit his front tooth. And when he accidentally hit his tooth, the pain was so, so sharp that he fell back on his bed. And as he fell back on his bed, he started laughing. And he said he laughed and he laughed like he hadn't laughed since he was a kid. 
And he said it was the irony of that, that if it hurts this much, for the barrel of this gun to tap my tooth, how much more pain if I blow my brains out with this bullet? He dropped the bullet, I mean, he dropped the pistol and said, this does not make sense. He said, Kirk Douglas said, the Almighty used that gun on his tooth to remind him life is not over. Yes, yes. And that even though he had suffered a stroke, yes. he now had experienced a stroke of love. Yes. He wrote a book, it became a bestseller, and he traveled the country, just passed last year, traveled the country as an ambassador that people that had had strokes, that could be the beginning of another stroke of their life. Don't give up on life because you've been playing a dirty hand. Don't give up on life because religion has disappointed you. Don't give up, don't give up because you're trying to cover up the trauma of experiences of your past. And don't give up on life because demons have haunted you to the seventh power. Yes. Jesus, Jesus knows your name. Yes. Jesus yes. knows your whole life story. And he came back from a hellish grave yes. that you might find out things are going to get better. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. They'll play this song, and I want to just remind you as we come to the conclusion of this service, there are hundreds and hundreds that tune in to this online service. Hear the word of the Lord. Receive the leading of the Holy Spirit. With Christ, it cannot get worse. Once you hit the bottom, there's only one way to go anyway. Once you've had your worst nightmare, it can't get any different. Years ago, I lost all of my possessions, totally belly up. But Jesus turned it around. Thank you, Jesus. That's because he showed Mary Magdalene there is no greater love. Jesus has the power. He wants to be involved in your life just like Mary. If you follow him, you will not regret it. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad for the love of Christ. I'm so glad that he went to Calvary. Aren't you glad that he had you in mind when he was hanging on that cross? He had Mary's name in his heart and mine and yours. Miraculously, the Son of God can contain a fire on every one of us. For he didn't just die for a collective of non-entities. He died for us one by one and name by name. Lift your hand to God and just tell him, thank you for your love. Thank you for your amazing grace. Clap your hands and praise him for what's about to happen in your life.
God, as we come to the conclusion of this gospel service today, thank you for the great love of the resurrection. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, dear Lord. What a mighty word by our leader, Bishop L. F. Thuston. He meant it when he said it. It can only get better. I'm encouraged by that, and I believe that, and I pray that you do too. Listen, join us every Sunday at 2 p.m. on Facebook Live on the Boone Tabernacle Facebook page. And you can also join us every Thursday at 7 p.m. on Zoom as we join together for our weekly meditation Bible study. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or find out additional information about our ministries, feel free to visit us at www.boontabernaclekojic.org. You can also give to this ministry on www.boontabernaclekojic.org. You can give through Givelify or Cash App. Listen, we're excited about the great things that God is doing in this time, and we want to join together collectively in prayer, in consecration, and in a posture prepared to receive what God has for us. Thank you for joining us. I look forward to joining you again next week right here. Be blessed.